live from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. And we've got a lot of things to cover on Bring a Trailer this, this, uh, for the next probably at least two segments here. Uh, first, I want to cover what we had from last week. You picked a 1965 Mercedes-Benz fire truck. And you thought it would be great to have the uh, to for the iHub radio uh, logo, wrap it with that and bring it to various parades, right? Yep. And it would be fun, but it was it sold for thirty three thousand five hundred dollars. Wow, that's a See, lot. See, someone else is going to use it for exactly the same thing. They they're going to use it in parades. They're going to use it for their business or something like that. Yeah. You know, because it's a it's a great novelty. Well, it had that, a you huge know, when, cargo bay area inside of it. Exactly. It's got a ton of space inside and lots and lots of real estate on the outside that you could do any number of things with. And it's certainly a good novelty item because, you know, let's face it, in the United States, we don't see these things very often. You know, a Mercedes-Benz fire truck from the 60s. It's pretty unusual. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <clears throat> the other thing you picked was a 350, which was a, v- a V8, 350, uh, uh, 350 cubic inch uh, Chevy V8 horse uh it was uh, – how many horsepowers? I don't remember. But it was a 1928 Ford Model A Woody. And it came with surfboards and everything. It was really pretty cool. It had bamboo sides and stuff for the doors. Yep. It was a very, very cool car. But it was only bid to 16500 and it did not sell. At that price, I wouldn't imagine it was going to. Yeah. Somebody see, put a th- lot of money into that thing. Yeah. See, this, and I, th- that's the thing I wanted to talk about now because there was another car that I saw. and But somebody put far more money than $16,000 into the build of that car. I mean, it had, you know, all new engine and transmission and interior. And, you know, everything was pretty much custom done for that car. And, and I think it was fun. And somebody really loved that car. But they're hanging on to something that I'm not sure that the market sees the value to, you know, if it was only bid to 16, five, yeah. uh, you know, what, what's the most they're going to get out of that 20,000, you know, yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah. it, realistically, if they were to try to, to go at auction again, well, now they kind of have a gauge for where it would be at. This is really a car that somebody I'm sure didn't build to that to make it something to sell as much as something that they really loved and, and, Wanted. I wouldn't be surprised if if the they really didn't want to sell it. Yeah, it, it's entirely possible. But uh, the reason I brought the that up about the custom cars is I saw this really gorgeous 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle Sport Coupe that uh, it was a custom car. It was beautiful. It was all basically custom. Everything, coachwork inside, all new engine. Everything is it's. Stunning. Uh, I'll just read what it, the description. This 1970 Chevrolet uh, Chevelle Sports Coupe was acquired by the seller as a project car in 2013. And over the next three years, he, he spent nearly $300,000 to overhaul the car. Uh, 
and it was custom built by uh, Goolsby Customs of Hueytown, Alabama, which I guess they're known. I don't, I've never heard of them before. The body was removed from the frame. The chassis was sandblasted and powder coated. Uh, the car was refinished in Nardo gray with matte uh, black and gold stripes over a custom uh, tan and black leather interior. It had a 6.2 liter LS3 Corvette V8 engine paired with a six-speed six manual transmission. And additional features include a four to nine-inch rear end with a, I guess that's the uh, actual uh, gear set in the back with a limited slip differential, custom bodywork, a staggered B-forged wheels, ride tech co- coilover, will, you know, will wood disc brakes, blah, 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 vintage air conditioning, uh, Alpine stereo. It was bid to $89,388. Uh, bring a trailer does have some, you know, some, some people are, 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 you know, do these kinds of fun things. Right. But, you know, I, I, I read later in this article that they have over 500,000 into it. Remember he bought it and, you know, and then put no, another 300,000 into it. So there's probably a good half of a million into this car and it was only bid to essentially $90,000 and it did not sell. So sometimes your pet project does not isn't you know what you're putting into it does not necessarily translate into value. Yeah. So if you have a passion for that, just keep yeah. in mind that you may be the uh, only customer for it. That's right. Or or be willing to let it. You know, there are lots of rich people, and I, you've probably met some of them in the valley here that have you know huge car collections. They sometimes will let them go just because they're tired and of it. You know, they've 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 had their fun with it for three or four years, and now it's time there's something else they're looking at, and they'll they'll simply let it go. And that that the fact that they might lose money on it isn't the end of the world. <clears throat> then they can let it go to me. That's true, but you still wouldn't want to spend that kind of money on it. Um, no, I mean, they can I just hit, give it to me. Yeah, that's possible. You know, some they say it's better to give than to receive. Absolutely. Uh, I picked a 1990 VW Corrado G60 with 17,000 miles on it. And on Wednesday, it sold for $26,500, which was a record for a Corrado on Bring a Trailer. And it was worth it. It was it, beautiful, beautiful condition with just Everything was kept right on that car, yeah. and the, the 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 small modifications that were made didn't detract from it. In other words, it wasn't so much that it was, you know, it was like oh, it's a different car. It was just enough to give it a little more performance, and uh, which somebody would like to do anyway. So it, it was it was worth it. Uh, the um, then I also chose a 1999 Isuzu Via Cross, which is a very odd looking but kind of cool looking SUV from uh, you know the 90s. And it sold for fourteen thousand seven hundred and fifty, which was also about as high as they got for the last Via Cross that went on the uh, on bring a, bring a trailer. So those are people still like them. They got a lot got a lot of very good positive comments. And the one other thing I think we talked about that there was a Corvette dune buggy because the, the week before that you'd chosen a dune buggy, I think, for a 1956 a Volkswagen or something that was made into a dune buggy. Uh, then somebody made a Corvette, a 1999 Corvette into a dune buggy, and it sold for 24000 on uh, Bring a Trailer, which I thought was an interesting uh, interesting car because it was you know, I've never seen another Corvette dune buggy. <laughs> Give her props for that. So yeah. there's there's a lot of interesting things. Now, this week, 
this week, you have some very interesting picks, John. And one of them I've, I don't think I've ever seen before. Let's start with the 1939 Buick Roadmaster Phaeton Convertible 81C. That's quite the car. Yeah, wasn't it? I would never have a Buick for any reason, but I saw this and I was like, okay, that's, that is cool. It is definitely cool. Let me read what they say here. It says, this 1939 Buick Roadmaster Phaeton Model 81C was sold new in San Jose, California, and was acquired by the seller in 2015, reportedly from the family of its second owner of 65 years. Uh, power is provided by a 320 cubic inch straight eight mated to a three-speed manual transmission uh, and features include dual inset spare wheel covers, a, a sonomatic AM radio, Ooh, sonomatic, uh, reverse hinged rear door. So it's a four-door convertible. Uh, with uh, basically, sui- you know, it's not, you know, not suicide. Yeah, suicide doors, rear hinged. Yeah, so it would have suicide doors, uh, and a uh, refurbishment in the yellow over maroon upholstery is said to have been carried out under previous ownership. The car has won several awards at local shows. Uh, w- you know, um, with the seller, uh, the Roadmaster is offered with a Buick owner's uh, service policy dated April 1939. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> period literature and paperwork, historic registration cards, and a clean California title in the name of the seller's company. And it's in, where is it? Um, Benicia, California, which is somewhere in the Bay Area because it's a 94510 zip code. Um, you know what it reminds me of? It's not the same, but it reminds me of the uh, car that was driven in um, uh, Chinatown, Faye Dunaway. She had the white, mm-hmm. that white convertible. This sort of reminds me of that, sort of this really big, old period car like that. Um, but I have never seen something like this. Uh, you know, Roadmaster used to be a really important name for Buick. I mean, it was a kind of a cool name in and of itself. Uh, you know, Roadmaster, like it's, you know, in charge of the road. Um, this is interesting, though. I mean, it's it's only up to, let's see, we have three days left as of today. And uh, the bid is at 25000 it doesn't say obviously it's not a no you know it's there's it's not there's there is a reserve so it's not a no reserve auction i don't know what it's going to be so it'll be interesting to see a lot of these cars of that era are not as popular to collectors today so we'll see how that uh, how that goes and it does have actual the plates on it are, are vintage california plates from that era uh, quite 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 something to behold very cool now uh, a second car that you'd picked was a, quite a different thing, but it was a another uh, you know a, a General Motors car, a 1958 Pontiac Chieftain convertible. Wow! Now this thing is what is it? It's, what's the color? It says it's a uh, red in uh, refinished in red and white, so it's a two tone, right? Mm-hmm. It's a two tone car, and it even has these big white sidewall tires with the red, you know, the same color of the paint right on the inset of the tire there, where the wheel meets where the tire meets the wheel. So that's very cool in of itself. It has quad headlights, which is unusual for that era. Uh, usually, you know, that those only started to come into being in that time. Uh, let me see what it says here. It says this 1958 Pontiac Chieftain convertible is finished in red and white with a matching two tone interior. Which 
which you gotta love two-tone interiors. So it's a red and white interior as well. Uh, and it's 370 cubic inch tri-power V8 is mated to a four-speed automatic transmission. Now that's a later that's something that was in, that, that's a later that's a later build because uh, a four-speed uh, turbo hydromatic transmission probably is from the, the 70s or 80s that they got that from. Um, other features include a soft white top, a red tonneau cover, a dual exhaust, power steering, power brakes, a heater. Wow, a heater, an AM radio, and an uh, an, an a newer under dash stereo. The car reportedly was refurbished in 2019 with work that included refinishing the body, redoing the interior, and refreshing the mechanical systems. This Chieftain convertible was acquired by the selling dealer in early 2020 and is now offered in California with a clean New Mexico title. And it's in Torrance, which is here in the, uh, in uh, Southern California. Uh, it is massive. <laughs> it is massive. When I first looked at it from the front, which is the first view I got of it. Uh, yeah. You know, the first thing that went through my mind, and I realize it's not the same car, but first thing that went through my mind is uh, I could have some fun with this as uh, Christine from Stephen King's novel. Yes, and, it's it's of the of the era. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, then you get a look at that thing from the profile, and it's like, holy smokes, this thing is a total land yacht. But the oh, fact that, you know, huge. you could be strolling around town in style in that thing here. I'll tell you, you really can. Well, you, you've got another pick coming from Bring a Trailer, and I've got a couple of picks myself that we can go over, too. So when we get back, we'll more Bring a Trailer. This is Todd Bianco with John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. Before the break, John and I were talking about the 1958 Pontiac Chieftain Convertible. And I neglected to mention that it is six days left in the auction as of today. And the current bid is at 26000 This thing is basically a parade queen. John, I don't, you know, this is what it's meant for, you know, to be stuck in a parade somewhere, you know, Independence Day, I can see the 4th of July celebration and, you know, uh, some Midwest town or something or, or, or even Palm Springs. This is, this is a very Palm Springs car too. I could see it in, you know, floating down the street or, you know, in somebody's carport because you need a carport because it's not going to fit in a garage. No, I don't imagine Mm. it would. (laughs) <laughs> I can't imagine you fitting I, and I want to say before time. you go on to the, the third one, normally we only yeah. do two picks, but um, I almost took this one off the list because, again, as I said the other day, I've had a lot of picks that have been all red, and I don't particularly like red in a car, 
But uh, as you know, looking around this building, one of the colors in the company's logo has been this very bright kind of lime green, uh, neon green color. And then this thing caught my eye right after I saw that one. And I was like, oh, I have to have that. And then I looked on the inside and I was like, well, speedometer goes to 100. It's kind of a cool (laughs) sports car. And I remember friends who had these back in the day. I do too. This is a 1972 Datsun 240Z. Now, it is finished. This is not the factory color. I'm pretty sure it's a, it was a repaint in very, very lime green. Beautiful job. I mean, you know, the, the, the paint looks absolutely gorgeous in the pictures. Yeah. Um, let's see. It says this 1972 Datsun 240Z reportedly was acquired from its original owner by the seller in 2019. So the original owner held on to it for a very long time. Uh, the car has been uh, probably was, you know, near death and couldn't drive the car anymore. It was a stick shift. Um, the car has been refurbished in lime green over a black vinyl interior. And its number matching 2.4 liter inline six is paired with the four speed manual transmission. Uh, additional equipment include uh, dual SU carburetors, Dotson hubcaps, a Clarion cassette stereo, which looks period. I mean, you know, it, it, it looks like one that was of that time, whether it was the original one or not, hard to know. But uh, and it has a, and it has an aftermarket steering wheel. Service performed within the past two years is said to have included a tune-up, an alignment, and replacement of tires. Uh, this S30 is now offered with the removed factory steering wheel, an owner's manual, and a clean California tire. A title in the seller's name, and it's in Rancho Palos Verdes, California. I'd almost uh, forgotten about the brand Datsun because that became, of course, Nissan, right? Right. Nissan is always see. Nissan was always the name of the company, but for some reason, they decided that to enter certain markets, they still use Datsun in other markets. You know, it's not. It hasn't disappeared. I mean, I think they use it in India and some other places. But uh, for some reason, they decided that it was important to rebrand themselves as Nissan because it sounded like they weren't proud of their Japanese-sounding name. Right. So they rebranded it. I remember when they did it because at the time where I was working, we had to um, – tell all the states where they'd never filed a tax return that they needed to file a tax return under this new name because, well, you know, they really had been doing business. They had been saying for years and years and years, like decades, that they were not doing business in probably half of the states because all they did was sell a car to a dealer. They, they, they didn't that, you know, corporate didn't, you know, actually have any act, you know, any, 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 uh, activities in that state. Of course, that's not true. And so we did a lot of mea culpas, but I also remember them, uh, us having to tell them that uh, basically they never, they never made any money in the United States in all those years. Yeah. Neither has Toyota, just FYI. Really? Uh, they all say they don't make money here. So money goes back to Japan. In Japan, it's a, it's a, it's a cultural thing. In Japan, you, you actually proudly say how much you paid in tax and how much you contributed to the welfare of the Japanese people. It's a very, it's a very, it's a big thing of pride in Japan to say how much you've contributed to the society. I mean, Lord knows we don't have that here. It'd be nice to have a little bit of that here. Uh, It's sort of the same way in Germany. Is there anything that, let's see, what do Germany and Japan have in common? What would it be? Let me think. Hard to know. 
hmm, what happened in World War II? Hmm. Right. So yeah, in in um, in uh, in Germany, you know, they have representation of the on the board of all the from all the labor unions of the car companies, and they also in their in their annual reports brag about how much they've given to the local economies, how much they've funded the local schools, uh, the internships that they've given. Uh, it's it's also a very big thing of pride to say what they've done to help the people where they live and work. Such a you know such a strange concept that we don't see here in the United <laughs> States. Yeah, wonder why. So that yeah, is. yeah, I don't know why. I can't imagine. But uh, yeah, so this is a lime green 1972 Datsun 2740Z. By the way, you would probably not fit it in. I could barely fit in it. Yeah. So I can it's barely, a very barely small fit in inside. one when I was a kid. So yeah, I can yeah I can I can't fit it in now at all. But so this is Todd Bianco with John McBullen. You're listening to All Revved Up. More bring a trailer when we come back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McBullen, and now it's time for Todd's picks. Let's see. Now, these, oh gosh, you know, you, you, you said you saw this one and you thought it would be me, right? This is the, uh, was this the AMC Eagle? Well, I, that's the one that I saw that I was pretty certain when I saw it, and I didn't look at your picks till after I made mine, but when right. I was going through and I saw that one, I, I said, I wonder if Todd's going to pick that car. It is. I love this thing. It's a 1982 AMC Eagle Wagon Limited. It has inside fine Corinthian leather seats that are in lovely, lovely condition. It uh, let's see. Let's let's get the lowdown on it. This 1982 AMC Eagle Wagon Limited reportedly remained with its original owner in North Carolina for much of its life before recently. Uh, being recently acquired by the selling dealer. A 258-cubic-inch straight-six drives the rear or all four wheels through a single-speed transfer case, and the car is finished in beige and gold over brown interior. Equipment includes power windows and door locks, a stock cassette radio stereo, uh, roof rails with crossbars. Uh, it has um, air conditioning. Uh, it... Uh, Power steering, power brakes, all the good, all the goodies of a modern car, and this was basically a trailblazer. And that, you know, this, these, these were, this is the SUV of their day. 
you know, it was a, basically a wagon that was you know, stuck up by a few inches. Um, and it was very popular in snow country and in places where they, you know, took these things actually, you know, off road, not that they were not off roading per se, but where they would have, you know, dirt roads or muddy roads that they would have to go through. I'm kind of guessing that this was like, a, in the day, uh, competitive with like the Subaru Outback or the, um, uh, other Subaru. Uh, the oh, this was pre out. This was pre outback, though. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. I'm just so, saying so you, that in in its day and time, yeah. that that was probably yeah. what uh, people who would go after those products today would have gone after then. Absolutely, you're right. But there was very there was nothing else kind of like this on the road. They were this is this is American Motors made these kinds of you know these unicorn type of cars that nobody else is making something like it. Now I've got to love the, the the names. The body is finished in Jamaican beige with topaz gold fender flares and rocker panels, as well as color matching pinstripes along the sides and around the windows. Bright work, love that. Bright work includes the roof rack, rear view mirrors, uh, door handles, window trim, hatchback hinges, and bumpers with uh, black overriders, which is basically those little, uh, you know, strips of black uh, rubber so that when you backed up and you hit something, you just basically hit the rubber. I always thought that was a good idea. Why we don't have that today, I guess it's because it's, you know, doesn't look good, but uh, the, the bumpers today take a lot to fix. Or they, they're not cheap to fix when they, when they get scratched or, or bent. I, I don't um, know if I ever told you, but my uncle Wally on my mom's side of the family, uh, he owned the AMC dealership in Everett, Washington. And I, um, I don't know. I just, I've told you this before. They were not to me the prettiest uh, of cars, um, but they certainly looked like very durable cars. Yeah, I, you're you're right. I wouldn't call it pretty. I call it unique. I mean, if you were to see one of these at the gas station today, you would you would look, wouldn't you? Of I mean, course. That's a, yeah, that, that's something you just don't see around anymore. Uh, and this one is in amazing shape. It has 101,000 miles on it. And, it, you know, that's the original paint on it. And it's the original, you know, bumpers and stuff. So it's it's in pretty amazing condition. It Somebody took pretty very, good, yeah. Very, yeah, very good care of this car, and and the seats look like you know Barca loungers. Uh, you know, it <laughs> looks just like you would you would hear you know Ricardo Montalban saying "Vine Corinthian leather." Uh, it had an AM/FM stereo with cassette. I mean, you know, ooh, uh, these are you know these. It, tilt steering wheel. I mean, all these things, these were all luxury features at the time. These were, you know, very, very, and, and I love the, how the, the interior is also color keyed. It's basically orange with fake wood veneer plastic. Uh, you just don't see orange interiors anymore. Right. N including a there, partial. There might, a, there might be a reason for that, Todd. You think? <laughs> you think? Yeah. Maybe, just maybe? <laughs> oh, my. But this, uh, let's see, it has four days left, and it's already bid up to 6300 But it's a no-reserve auction. So it could go. I don't know what it's going to go for, but I'm a little jealous. Whoever's going to get it, because I would love to have this in my garage. I have no room for it, and I don't have the money for it. But what the heck? I'd still think, I'd still like it. Okay. And my other pick is a 1969 Cougar Eliminator with an R-code. R-code is basically its uh, a special uh, engine designation. Now, this thing is is a very rare model. And uh, I, I like looking at the, the Marty reports, which are always fun. And Marty reports are reports that are done by this guy named Marty. And he basically tells you exactly 
when your car was built, uh, what the what the model, you know, what the options were on it at the time, uh, you know, what it was, you know, the color it came in originally, all those kinds of things. It's it's a it's a pretty detailed uh, a pretty detailed thing. And what it says is, this 1969 Cougar was built in uh, see built in Dearborn. It was a hard top. It has the 428 cubic inch. A uh, ramjet V8 engine, which is something that was in a Cobra. Uh, it has bright blue metallic paint uh, with blue vinyl uh, high back bucket seats. Uh, it was built, scheduled for build on May 12, 1969. Uh, let's see. It came from the Atlanta Ordering District. So somebody actually ordered this. Uh, and it had uh, the Cruzomatic transmission. And here are all the the you know the uh, the options. It says the Eliminator package, the C8 Cruisermatic transmission, uh, traction lock differential. Um, let's see, uh, 14 traction tires with raised white letters. Ooh, Ramjet induction power steering, hood pins, air conditioning, Whisper Air, an AM radio, a dec- the Decor Group, uh, remote control, left hand racing mirror. Uh, and your car was actually produced on May 6, 1969, six days ahead of schedule. And it also says that this Cougar is one of 100,085 1969 Cougars made, of which 66,351 were standard hardtops, uh, of which 510 of those were came with the Ram Air uh, 428 cubic inch uh, four-valve and V8 engine, uh, of which 243 of those were installed in the with the Eliminator package, which is this big hood scoop on it. Uh, 162 of those uh, had them with the Cruzomatic automatic, and of them, 37 were painted with the bright blue, and and 28 of them had uh, br- uh, blue high back bucket seats, and of those, five were ordered with air conditioners. Two of those had the pause attraction. Uh, the, the pause attraction rear axle, and one of which was equipped with the, with an AM radio as well. So that gives you the rundown on this particular car. Now, now that's pretty detailed. That is detailed. That's what a Marty report does. My, now, my friend what, Kent Severson, who I went to high school with, uh, he had one of these, and it was also the same color of blue. It was one of the reasons why when I saw it, it really caught my eye too. I thought for a minute or two about it because I'd been in the car a few times. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a pretty rare car. Now, what, what, now what the reason you go to bring a trailer is because this is what they tell you. Somebody put there in the comments that, and and I'm sure that the seller doesn't like to hear it. Uh, in May, 2016, let's see, it was originally, uh, put up with consign in March of 2016. The car was consigned with Bay city motor company by the George Conrad collection at $125,000. The listing states that it is concourse restored all apart and down to the bare metal four years ago by Rick Parker of boss cars in, uh, uh, Ghana, yeah, Ghana, Ohio, uh, to some discrepancy in the restoration age. Uh, chin spoiler with the car is stored in the trunk. In May of 2016, the price was reduced to 110000 In July of 2016, the price was reduced to 105000 In September of 2016, it was pulled from the uh, from listing that it was didn't, didn't sell. Then in 2018, in November, it popped up by Sunnyside Classics for 130000 Uh 
Then it was consigned, didn't sell apparently. In February of 2009, it was consigned to the Mecham Indy auction and it was sold for 70000 not 130 In July of 2019, it was listed by RK Motors and on eBay for 120000 uh, In uh, April 2020, the price was reduced to 109900 uh, In April 2020, it was reduced again to 87000 89000 In May of 2020, they put a listing said accepting offers and then in may 2020 it was then listed on bring a trailer so that will tell you somebody actually somebody actually put that in the comments and they put even more in there uh, that this is what they put in the comments so that anybody who's bidding on this will know that the last time it sold it sold for seventy thousand dollars actually sold people have been asking a lot more money for it but it never got it so Reading the comments on Bring a Trailer are very, very enlightening sometimes. People know these cars inside and out, whatever their particular specialty is when they start commenting on these things. It is, it's fascinating to, to, you know, to, to watch uh, the, the comments that are on here. And they get some of these, uh, some of these cars get hundreds and hundreds of, of, uh, of uh, not hundreds and hundreds, but you know, more than 100 uh, comments on these things. And people you know, go right down to the detail, that was the wrong steering wheel. It, it didn't have the proper high back. You know, those are, you know, those are bucket seats from 1970, not from 1969. I mean, it goes on and on and on about how people know about these cars. So, yeah, it's fascinating to look at this. But this is a very rare car still. It is absolutely lovely. Uh, I I owned, I, I know I've said it before, but I used to own a 1969 uh, Mercury Cougar XR7 convertible. It was an Indian fire metallic red over a white interior. And it had a 390 cubic inch V8, four barrel carb, and a Hurst four speed on the floor with a cue ball uh, as the top of the shifter. And that was a hot car. I mean, that car could go fast in a straight line. Do not try to turn in that car, <laughs> you know, when you're going fast. But it could go fast in a straight line. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it would, you know, try, it would flex like, you know, a, a, a chinchilla with the, you know, freezing water thrown on it. It would just start <laughs> shivering, the poor thing. I mean, but it would do really, really good in a straight line and, and it could climb a mountain in, you know, in second gear all day long. So it was a great car and I did enjoy it. I, of course, eventually sold it, but it was a lot of fun to have, a, you know, again, sort of a parade queen. It was a, you know, Indian, Indian Fire Metallic Red was sort of a rusty red color uh, and uh, the white interior was quite spectacular. I had it redone so it was, you know, all looked right. It was originally in, in leather and I had it redone more in a vinyl so that it was easier to clean. But it was a spectacular car, and I do miss it. I'll be interested to see. This has four more days left in this uh, auction, and it's only – the current bid is $20,500. And since we know the entire history of bidding on this car, we'll see if it, if it gets anywhere near – You because know, obviously it still has to meet its, its, um, its uh, minimum price. But here it is. We'll see. Next week we'll go over how much it actually sold for. Lovely, lovely cougar. This is Todd yes, Bianco is. with uh, John McMullen. You're listening to All Revved Up on I Radio, and we'll be right back.
news, weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen, and I, I can't found believe an article. how fast this show has gone by today. It did. It went by very quickly, and I'm hearing a reverb again on me. But oh. um, here's I found an article in what is this in uh, Motor Trend maybe? And it says, "Does cruise control save gas?" And it's by Frank Marcus. And I always read anything Frank has. He's one of the technical editors there, and he's an out gay man and you don't see that many in this industry so and he's one of their technical people there he's fantastic uh and so the, the article is entitled does cruise control save gas uh, and you know this is this and other fuel burning efficiency questions and so the answer is absolutely yes if you're cruising along a mostly highway level you know electronically uh, uh controlled is better than using your foot because it's more even. You don't, you know, it's not up and down or up and down or, you know, you don't, your foot doesn't get tired of things like that. So, uh, you know, so he says definitely uh, the you want to, um, it does save, if you want to save gas, use your cruise control if you can. Um, you know, follow, let's see, he says that, you know, target an average speed uh, and then allow the vehicle to slow down to five or 10 miles per hour when climbing hills, then rise again in the descent. Note that most of the gas saving hints here are also applied to elect- extending range in an electric vehicle. But in this case, because much of the energy of an electric car expends climbing a hill, it gets recovered going down a hill. Feel free to le- um, you know leave the cruise control on as, on hills as well. Uh, and they, they did this, they, they verified this in a trip that they took in a Model S uh, from LA to Las Vegas and it says, how much does fr- uh, cruise control save? And he says, how jerky is your ankle? A natural resources Canada study found that setting the cruise control at 80 kilometers per hour, which is 50 miles per hour uh, versus uh, cycling from 75 to 85 KPH, which is again, 46 to 52 every 18 seconds consumes 20% less fuel and dramatically reduces motion sickness. There you go. And is cruise control bad for your car? And he says, absolutely not. And he says it's best to leave the windows up and the air conditioning on. You'll save, you'll actually save fuel that way because the the the, the drag, the aerodynamic drag, is uh, is is quite great when you leave windows down on a car. And he says that the caveat to this is cruise control should not be used in heavy rain, snow, or at temperatures where ice could form because any acceleration on slick surfaces or while hydroplaning can induce an under or oversteer event. I like that way they put that. Uh, you know, resulting in a stabbing at the brake pedal to unset the cruise control can result in loss of control and an accident. So basically, be careful. And this, you know, it, it's, it's easier when these Modern cruise control now is mostly uh, adaptive cruise, and adaptive cruise is, you know, is a miracle by by what by standards of, uh, you know, what it was in the past, because adaptive cruise adapts to whatever the vehicle is in front of you. So let's say I do this all the time because I use the, you know, I had an adaptive cruise on my Charger before I get the Tesla, and of course both of them have adaptive cruise controls on them. Uh, the autopilot function is more. 
um, is it drives itself essentially on the Tesla, but still adaptive cruises. I set the car usually on 80 miles per hour and oftentimes, um, the car in front of me is going slower than 80. Sometimes they speed up, sometimes they slow down, but this way I don't have to deal with trying to, you know, reset the cruise control every time or just not use it at all. This way it just automatically follows within, you know, two or three links, whatever I set it. Um, and it, uh, is, is really takes a load off on highway driving. So it's definitely something in any car these days. I mean, you can get them on, you know, Honda Civics and, uh, you know, Nissan. Nissan has it on a lot of their cars. Uh, Toyota has it on a lot of their lower level Corollas and stuff. So adaptive cruise is, is one of these things that, you know, where the, 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 the technology has trickled all the way down to the bottom level from where it used on to be Chevy you know, at the top level. I think it was on a Chevy Cruze that I had as a rental car once, and that's the only time I've ever experienced it. It's kind of good. I mean, did you, did you like it? Yeah, it, it was okay. <laughs> it's like, At one point when I was just like, okay, I'm tired of having the car. I'm actually slow down around these people who keep slowing down in front of me. I was just like, I have to just get around these sons of guns. Well, th- that that you sometimes have to do too, because it, it, when and you when you drive with adaptive cruise, you also realize that most people just cannot keep their car going at a at a you know a, a, the same velocity all the time. They, right. They just don't pay attention to what they're driving. Um, there was this okay. Now th- this other thing I thought it would be just fun because we only have a couple of minutes left here. Uh, there's a car for sale um, on Bring a Trailer, but, but what I liked about it is it was it's a Ferrari. Uh, it's a 2015 458 Special, uh, which is and it's a Aptera, which means that it's a sort of a convertible. They they like to give these kinds of names. And what I like about it is that it actually had a copy of the sticker from Ferrari. And you gotta you gotta love some of these things. It, it, first of all, it starts out at three hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Delivery is three thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. You know, okay. most cars it's you know a thousand dollars, and a Ferrari it's three thousand seven hundred and fifty. Then it gets into the option packages. It has the AFS system. What's AFS? You ask. I had to look it up. It's adaptive front headlight system. $2,530. How much is it to, to paint the, the, uh, the brake uh, caliper black? $1,488. Uh, carbon fiber front uh, flaps. So these are just small pieces of carbon fiber on the front of the car. $4,387. Ouch. <laughs> Outer carbon fiber fiber B post trim, three thousand seven hundred and twelve dollars. Um, front air vents in carbon fiber, two thousand five hundred and thirty dollars. Carbon fiber side uh, nolders, N O L D E R S, and all that is is this is a little bit. Basically, it's a word for a little, you know, just a little piece of, you know, like a rectangular piece of of trim that goes on the side somewhere. And those two, those two are four thousand forty nine dollars. You've got to be crapping me. No carbon fiber inner sill trim. That's the the sill where you put your foot over the front of the door when you get in. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a bargain at $1,265. Cruise control is not standard on your Ferrari. This is just standard cruise control, $1,121. Carbon fiber wheel cups. These are the little things that go in the center of the wheel. Yeah, those are $4,000. 
$843 for the set of four. Suspension lifter, $6,342. Titanium exhaust tips, $2,530. A special mirror with home link, $3,036. Parking camera, $3,897. And other options that are not enumerated, John, are $40,996 for a total of $400,036. Uh-huh. So next time you get a Ferrari, this is what you'll get. Thanks uh, thanks for being with me, John. I really enjoyed it. Likewise. Um, uh, you're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.